0: Discover new technology and endless comfort with Victoria's Secrets number one collection, Body by Victoria. With over 3,500 five-star reviews, see what all the hype is about when it comes to their best-selling styles. Their latest innovation features lightweight construction that provides support where you need it without an ounce of padding. I've been wearing their demi-bra literally every day this week. It is so comfortable and looks great underneath all different styles of clothing. It's available in cups A through G and bands 30 to 44. That 43 sizes and 22 different styles. Shop now at your nearest Victoria's Secret store and online at Victoria'sSecret.com. Ready to celebrate International
1: Women's Day?
2: There's a whole collection of black Lead products that fit into your daily routine. Show black founders some love, not just during Black History Month, but all year long. There is power in every purchase because every time we buy a black-led brand, we make room for another black-led brand. Black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart.
3: What's up, everybody? Happy Tuesday. Another episode of Bachelor Happy Out. Can I... Before we get into everything, I just want to set the mood here. I don't want to be here. I'm going to try to be as professional as possible because I have Bachelor Nation royalty sitting across from me in the room. I'm going to try to put on my good hat. Becca, I know you share the same frustrations with me. I just want to say that off the top. You know how we like to name every episode? I feel like I want to name this episode, am I missing something? Question mark.
1: <laughs> I was going to name it. W-T-F, exclamation mark. That works as well. Oh, no, I was just going to say, it's been crazy. We keep seeing it gets crazier and crazier. And this episode, finally, I was like, I need to take a moment away from the screen.
3: I, well, we'll get into this because I want to get straight to the podcast. I was about to say I have so many notes and I think I was just venting my frustration out in my notes this week, but we're going to talk about it. I'm so glad to have you here. I know you're on the road. We've been following along everything that you're doing with Ben and Boucher Live on stage. I know you have your family there. Minnow's there. Garrett's there with you right
1: now. How's everything going? Yes. It's been so much fun. It has been a much crazier adventure than I could ever imagine, but it's been great. So we are currently on the tour bus calling in. We are driving through Salt Lake City as we speak. But um, Minnow has already claimed the title as the official diva of the tour bus. Of course. Jared's been, uh, you know, hogging the bed each night, but it's been very fun. Good. I'm glad. i i am am
3: I can't wait to join you whenever that may be. But uh, Becca, Very soon. I know we have to get to it because we don't, we don't get to do this every day. It is not every day that we get to have a legend on our podcast. I don't know who we are or what we did right to deserve to have the one and only Mr. Chris Harrison, also known as our fairy godfather on the podcast. Chris, thank you for joining
4: us. Ladies, thanks for having Ooh. me. I... Have Welcome. to say, first and foremost, your effing ring is huge. Well, I'm just, Chris, we're sitting, I'm please. sitting across from Rachel right now, and I know you guys <laughs> can't see this. Your ring is insane.
3: Thank you. Hold that
4: up again. I don't well, know if I've ever seen the wedding. ring. If you,
3: if ring. you ask, I, I definitely will. Lord, thank you, Chris.
4: That is massive, <laughs> Becca. I, I, you better I'm get. You, you better, you better get at least that.
3: Becca shines as well.
4: <laughs> <laughs> um, and by the way. Uh, good to be here. And, uh, Becca, I know you're on the road. Congrats to you and Ben. I know you guys are crushing it out there. I'm hearing good things. Uh, and Rachel says she wants to join you guys for a month or so.
3: A month. (laughs) She can't wait. (laughs) Thanks, Chris Anderson, for joining (laughs) us on the show.
4: (laughs) But we do, I know we have a lot to talk about with this episode, so, uh, I don't even know where we start, though.
3: I, I want to pick your brain yeah. so badly. Let's go. Chris. That's why I'm here. I mean, you were there in the heat of it. If we're frustrated as viewers watching this, I can only imagine what it was like to record this. You were there for a week. We only get two hours of this. So yeah,
4: we were there. Uh, yeah, two weeks in Australia, going through this whole thing, and it was it was an interesting season and journey with, you know, speaking to two women who I have gone through this with. It, it you know, there's no there's nothing to compare it. Um, And I know I often say, like, look, I can't compare seasons, you know, Rachel's season to Becca's season to whoever is totally different. But this season was so different on so many levels going through it with Peter. Interesting. He's an interesting guy and he's a good man. But, you know, we'll get into these relationships. And I think that one of the reasons I love the show is we've all had certain relationships like this. And it was just interesting to watch Peter go through it.
3: Which relationship are you referring to, Chris?
4: All of them, because they <laughs> okay. all really stand for something very different. They really do.
3: Bachelor Nation. I'm trying to get as much as I can out of Chris. I, I'm just. This, I'm by just...
4: the way, this lid is going to pop off the steam <laughs> pot, and Rachel's going to go off. <laughs> And I am here for it.
3: I'm brewing. I'm here for it. I see it.
4: (laughs) I know the look in her eye. That's one thing I do remember is that look in her eye as things were about to go off. And this (laughs) kettle is about to blow.
3: Well, I'm just confused. If I had a subtitle to this episode, it would be, can Peter just catch a break? I mean, can the man get one day off? It seems every week he's going through something. And just when we think, all right, it's fantasy suites. Here we are. Um, He's down his final three. He's confident in his decision. He can explore these relationships to another level because this really, really is an important week. Forget what fantasy suites mean to everyone else. This is the opportunity for you to have that alone time that you so desperately need at this point in the journey so you can make decisions that you need to move on. And the one person who seems to be the most level-headed and normal is cracking. So, Becca let's just pick up where we left off at the end of last week so we see madison pull peter aside she has this talk with him now i was a bit surprised at what she said in that talk what did you think becca
1: so my issue and i'm glad that she i think i i've been waiting for this to come up because obviously and rachel you and i had touched base on this a few weeks ago like We Mm -hmm. knew that Madison was saving herself. We knew that this was a conversation that was about to go down. Um, Was the timing the best? Probably not. But my thing watching her conversation with Peter is there wasn't really, like, uh, I didn't know where she was going with it. She basically said, you know, I'm saving myself. Like, what it seemed like was an ultimatum, but there wasn't any hard set fast conclusion from it it was just kind of like well this is how I feel do what you want and it just kind of was left open like okay where, where, where is he supposed to go from here how is he supposed to take this like of course there's three of you left that he's having strong feelings for I was just left wanting more and if this is such a big deal for her I wanted her to like directly state what she was hoping for
3: but did I miss something she didn't say in that conversation that she was saving herself and I was screaming It's so unfair. I'm going to get to it when we get to this part about Madison in Fantasy Sweet Weeks. But she's talking about her faith. She's talking all around the subject. But she's not being direct as to what's so important with her. So how can Peter make a fully educated decision when you're holding on to something that's so vital to this week? So she tells him, she keeps saying, but I'm not giving you an ultimatum. You know my heart.
4: And then literally defined... (laughs) An uh, ultimatum. Thank
3: you, Chris. Like, you are, everything you are saying <laughs> right. is an ultimatum.
4: I, she she said several times, this is not an ultimatum, but then literally defined in every word she said, an ultimatum. Yes. And she did that throughout, you know, the, the entire episode. their The yes. date and everything.
3: But if yeah. you do this, yeah. then this. That is an ultimatum, Maddie. <laughs> like, and for anybody else who's confused on the definition of an ultimatum. Cause
4: and effect. Yes. You do this, this will happen. Then,
3: oh. It is so nice to have conversations <laughs> with level-headed, logical well, people. <laughs> and and, and to, to
4: Madison's credit or, or to her defense or whatever, I think she knew what she wanted to say at the airport after that rose ceremony, and maybe she just didn't know how to say it. She couldn't articulate. It reminded me of Victoria trying to have the conversation on the doorstep after the uh, hometown date of they're not saying words and they're not putting those words together into sentences and those sentences are definitely not conveying any thoughts. <laughs> and that is difficult to follow, especially when you're trying to make big life choices. And so Madison, I I knew where she was trying to go, but man, she couldn't get there.
3: And Peter didn't know where she was trying to no. go. And I think that's what's so hard. And I'll pose this question to both you and Chris Becca: Why do you think it was so, di- I, I have my theory, but what? why do you think it's so difficult for Madison to say this? Because this is who she is. She has defined herself as, you know, being faith based, she's a Christian. These are her morals and her values. And she was very matter of fact when she had that conversation with Peter on their second date, week seven. Why is it so hard for her to say, but I'm also saving myself for marriage? Why can't she make that declarative statement? I don't understand it. I've,
4: I'm in and i looking for help. I'll just say this for her, and this is a conversation I really want to have with her at some point. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we don't know how this ends, and maybe it's with her and Peter. Maybe it's just with her. However this turns out, I want to have a conversation because she has a difficult time, as you said, articulating a very strong belief. And so it, there is a – not a hypocrisy, but uh, just – I don't know, a divide there because hypocrisy has such a negative connotation. Yeah. I don't want to put a negative connotation on this because I respect her thoughts. I respect her feelings. And, and it's just being able to express something that's so strong in your heart mm-hmm. and in your soul. I don't know why she has trouble. And she really won't make that statement that you're talking about of, hey, this is where I am in my life and my faith. If anyone is going to take this journey with me, you got to be on this same walk, period. hmm Look, yes, that's an ultimatum. But by the way, I don't have a problem with ultimatums. If that is where you are, then that's fine. And if this relationship doesn't go along with those standards, then we go our separate ways. It's the fact that they can't have that conversation is what frustrates, I think, everybody. Mm -hmm. And I think it's incumbent upon her to figure out how to have those conversations at some point in her life and truly understand what she's asking and what she's saying.
1: Becca? Right. And I think, so I grew up Catholic. So I feel like I, 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 and I could be totally off base. I don't want to put words in Madison's mouth or her family, but growing up as a Catholic, it's kind of like the, you just don't talk about it. There are certain words that it, it's like, you don't want to say sex. You don't want to say virgin. And, and again, I don't know what her face is, if she is Catholic or not, but I know a lot of it gets brushed under the rug growing up. Um, and I think that could have something to do with it. It's like we saw her sit down with her mom at hometowns and her mom kind of skirted around the fact of her face too, and that she did save herself. But those, those words aren't being used. Those declarative statements aren't being used. And I don't know if that has a lot to do with her faith, If it's just something you don't talk about with other people because it is so sacred, but we've seen it not only now with Madison, but a lot of the girls throughout the season, It they, they don't know how to have these deep conversations with that depth, with certain words, with certain verbiage, with these declarative statements that kind of skirt around the facts with their conversations with Peter. And I think you finally see it because with him, throughout the entire episode with Peter and Madison, he keeps saying, just so I can be clear, just so I can be clear, I need to be clear here. He uses that phrase so many times throughout this because he can't quite get to the bottom of what exact data she wants and what she's saying.
3: This is what bothers me. We're just going to get into it. This is what bothers me about her not saying it. One, it doesn't give Peter the full information that he needs to make, to have the right mindset to go into this week. I don't understand why she's holding back. What are you so fearful of? And I think you were saying you don't want to say, Chris, that uh, she's being a hypocrite because it is a strong word. So I think it's a contradiction. Yeah. You sit here on week seven and you say, this is who you are, but then you don't tell him all of who you are. So you're, it's like, what are you so fearful of? And I guess it's like, if, if this is, these are your morals, this is your value. It's beautiful that you have made these commitments and this is what you live by. And I love that you hold yourself to that standard and you believe in it. I think that's beautiful. I just think that if this is who you are, then you wear it proud and you wear it like a badge. And you wear it because you want to attract a certain type of man because that is what you want for yourself. And I almost feel like she's trying to turn Peter into a man that she wants that he's not. And Becca, you and I talked about this, how a lot of times as women, we think we can change you. Oh, we, I I can, I can, we'll make excuses for him. I can make him better. And I just think if you're not telling him and you're holding back from it, one, I think it's selfish because it's not fair to him. It's not fair to the other women. It's not fair that you've come this far in the journey and you're holding this information back. So why are you holding it back? I am going to say what other people are probably too afraid to say. If I'm putting on my logical hat and I think about this, why are you holding it back? Because we all know you want a Christian man. There are so many ways to meet a Christian. Church, mission trip, through mutual friends, you know one way to not really meet them? The Bachelor. Let's just be honest. The Bachelor isn't a show that stands on Christian values. It doesn't. It's not right. rooted in the Bible and biblical beliefs. So why are you coming on this show knowing how this show works? We all know that you get to this point in Fantasy sweet Week. So to be logical. Well, at the one, very
4: least, you know that he was with Hannah many right. times over. I mean, that was a pretty... So you at least know this guy is not yes. that... And and the thing is, he's actually a faithful person. He is a man of faith in his own way. Yeah. Um, but not in your way. And you you knew that coming in.
3: This is this is Peter. Sex in a windmill Peter. Right. Four times in a windmill, Peter. Right. You knew this. This isn't Sean Lowe or Ben Higgins. Like He has been sexualized coming on to this season. Right. Yet you decided to come on. So for me, the logical thing is, one, you came on because you just wanted to be a part of this experience. Two, you came on this show because you wanted the platform that it was going to give you. Had you told him earlier that you were saving yourself for marriage, maybe you were fearful that he would send you home and you wouldn't make it as far as you did. You wouldn't be in Australia. You wouldn't have the number of followers that you have. Or three, you want to be the Bachelorette. You got you got to a point where you made it far enough to be in consideration. That is the only logical thing I can think of because I don't understand why you haven't shared this information.
4: Because it was you're definitely not setting yourself up or or Peter up to succeed. Yeah. You set him up to fail. Yeah. And you set the relationship up to fail.
3: Yeah. And you wait to tell totally. tell him this information and then you hold it against him. I I am floored. We don't know if she leaves if she stays but if she leaves it is so i'll say it hypocritical a contradiction to hold that against him when you withheld this information from him knowing what this show is and knowing who peter yeah. is Say what
4: you will about Luke P last year at least Oop. at least he was who he was from day 1 Yeah and you know then it was up to Hannah to decide is he misogynistic is he all those things that you know people realize later but uh, hey he was like that from day 1 Right he didn't change Right and i to I will say this about Luke P and I said it to him. I don't have a problem with you. I don't have a problem with your faith or any, you know, I know a lot of people were jumping on the bandwagon of, well, he was, you know, Hannah's sex positive and go girl and all this. (laughs) Well, is it the same? Right. Is Peter going to be treated the same? And is Madison going to be villainized the same way Luke P was?
3: Yeah. It's
4: not, it's not completely dissimilar.
3: No, I, I was going to ask both of you this question, Becca. Yeah. Do you think that, we're already starting to see it. If you read a little bit of social media, there is a bit of a double standard. What do you think about that, Becca?
1: Oh, totally. And watching this episode go down, that's the first thought I had when Madison started talking to him. I'm like, is she going to get an edit like Luke P or are people going to rally behind her? Because that doesn't make sense. Like basically they're saying the same things. Maybe Luke P approached it in a different way that seemed more harsh, but like in reality, these are very similar situations. And so if you're going to like villainize Luke for how he handled it with Hannah, it's like Madison's basically doing the same thing. Maybe she's just approaching it a little bit nicer tiptoeing around the facts, but you know, basically so, they both said, we don't want to go in the institute with you if you suck with other people.
4: So where is society right now? Right. Will, will, a, will a woman, very sweet, diminutive woman from Alabama, get a much wider birth and, and a much bigger grace area than this guy mm-hmm. it is easy to oh, beat on a, I think so. it's easy to beat on a guy especially right now will she get the same treatment and that's that's gonna be very interesting that's why i was gonna ask you know two women who have been through this before how you think this is going to go down and and if actually it might even be reverse and peter's going to be the bad guy
3: mm-hmm. i think that what people have to do is separate it i think you have to say you know pe- luke was a villain the whole season right. Madison has been the complete opposite from that. But I think what where both Madison and Luke P. went wrong is their timing and delivery of this whole situation. And that's what you have to look at. That's what's the selfish act. That's what's judgmental. And that's what's not fair. Madison was wrong, in my opinion, to wait till this point to tell him something right. that she's known from day one.
4: When, As soon as you felt those feelings going in week four or five. Yeah. Hometowns. Plenty of time to have those conversations.
3: The moment he said, I'm falling in love with you. Right. It's just.
4: Something you need to know. Yeah. (laughs) Something you need to know.
3: And Luke P. waited until this point to express his thoughts as well. That is why they're similar. That's all. You know, when people are like, oh, Luke P's a villain. How dare you compare? Because people are already saying, how dare you compare Madison to Luke P? I think that's what you have to look at, how they yeah. delivered. this Let's take away some
4: of the things that Luke P said and did early on. There were some misogynistic moves. and say, like, I th- I'm just taking this one small snapshot towards the end where they both really were just relying and falling back on their beliefs and in their faith, and that was the decision. I don't have a problem with either one, by the way, if that is your decision, but— It's like you said, timing, when and where you had that conversation. You're setting these people up that you truly care about. You say you're setting them up for failure. There's no way Peter could not fail with that ultimatum.
3: Yeah. As a man, Chris, as a man, the male opinion, what, how do you take that information? Like you're, you put yourself in as best as you can in Peter's situation. You do
4: what he did. You take the moral high road. You can only fall on yourself getting out of the way of that situation. Uh, you know, you're, you, he did right. I respect your decision. I respect everything you're saying. And then just be completely honest with her, which he did. I mean, that's all you can do.
3: I was so proud of him.
4: Because you're just the bad guy. You are the bad guy. And, and every guy knows that you are in the wrong. When you walk into a situation, you are in the wrong, mm-hmm. period. It doesn't <laughs> yeah. matter what the situation is, especially... Listen up, man. <laughs> it's just the way it is, especially in this day and age. And you know you're under the microscope. And so you're going to be mansplaining. You're going to be, you know, sexually oppressing her, whatever it is. You are the bad guy. Yeah. Know that. Yeah. And not enough guys go into conversations knowing that you are the a-hole. Yeah. But Period. Peter did. Even if you have the moral high ground, you're wrong. So Peter realized that and really respected it and was like, but he did a good job of explaining, hey, I was intimate and I hate that now I'm outing. And by the way, now he has to out. He didn't get into specifics, yeah. but the girls are now being added. Yeah. So now he's doing a disservice to these women. Yeah. For a very private. So there was it's really one of again, one of the things I love about this show is the social dynamic and the things that this brings up. Yeah. The the talk and the debates we're gonna be having out of this now are fascinating.
3: Now it's like more and more it's happening. Each season there is some type of aspect like this that you're saying, the social aspect that we're deci- we're yeah. discussing. And it brings on a bigger conversation. I just, I was, I was proud of Peter and Becca, I want to know your take on this too. I was so proud of him for being honest when it was hard for even saying to her, you know what? I'm glad that's you. And I respect that. And I love that you've made that commitment, but that's not me.
4: up. I said, go ahead, Peter. Heads up three weeks ago would have been great, but but he didn't even say that. (laughs) He didn't blame her. He just wore it. He owned it and he was, and he's gutted. Uh, Obviously this is a girl he really cares about. She wouldn't have made it this far. And to have the rug pulled out from under you like that is, it's, you guys know, it's devastating.
1: I have a question, and this is what I was thinking the entire time. Well, first, let me start out by saying I would hate to abandon these girls this week because I have never seen three of the girls after hometowns be forced to live with one another yeah. again, especially during Fantasy Sweet Week. That's, that is rough. Um, Good point, back that Becca. in itself... <laughs> I was watching this and you know, I'm not the biggest fan of some of these girls. That's no surprise, but at some point they also need to be protected. This week is hard enough knowing that the person you are dating and falling in love with is spending the night with other women and to see them come home in the mornings and to have to talk about it is brutal. And so I really felt bad for these girls this time, but I'm watching this week. And right away, I knew. I was like, Madison is going to get the last date. There's no surprise there. They're going to bring these other girls out with him. They're going to bring them home, and they're going to dangle these girls in their conversations and what happened in front of Madison. But I would love to know what would have happened if it was reversed. What if Madison first had that one-on-one night with him? What would have happened if she would have went in and still said, you know, I want to spend this uninterrupted alone time with you, get to know you. I'm sure, obviously, they would not have slept together. But she would have still just spent the time with him. What would have happened then if she went back to the hotel and these other two girls had had to proceed on their dates with him? How would this have ended?
3: The same. It would have ended the you same. still but, would have
1: although, oh,
4: yeah. although it probably would have happened a week later, even worse.
3: Yeah, I, she was right. she was spiraling out of control from the beginning. But Chris, I I wrote I, I literally wrote this down in my notes, Chris. Why are they all living together?
4: Well, good question. Other than the obvious answer. Yeah, no. The, well, <laughs> you two have been through this, so you actually have the perspective. There are times when no matter how great you are, and you both were great bachelorettes, but you can't get out of your own way. and And that's part of why you're single. And, you know, Peter, for example, has trouble making decisions. I don't know if you guys have noticed that. We have. Um, <laughs> we have talked about it quite a bit. <laughs> he
1: he Newsflash, everyone! <laughs> yeah, the king of
4: kicking the can down the road. Um, <laughs> heaven forbid you make a decision. But so this, you know, there are things that we do as producers that will force you into this uncomfortable zone and force you into making a decision. Sometimes we do it for your behalf. Sometimes we do it for the for the bachelor, the the guys or the girls. And this situation was pretty extraordinary because. Peter had kicked the can down the road, but this time also Madison had. Mm-hmm. And so this was to force a situation that had to happen, and it had to happen this week because if we get to proposal week, then this guy is really screwed and there's no chance this works. We got to figure this out, and there's really only one way to do it. And so yeah, it was tough love, and it was really awkward. And again, as you know in the history of the show, I don't know if we've ever done this, but we decided to do it this week because this these are conversations that needed to be had and it was because of, I think, the double standard and the things that Peter was going to deal with, we kind of needed the women's perspective on this. We needed Madison to face Victoria and Hannah Ann and have them express their emotions on this. Because, again, it's just this guy in his perspective, and I don't know if that's the greatest thing right now. And so I thought it was interesting in, in, look, revisionist history, I don't know if it was right or wrong. That'll be up to Bachelor Nation and, you know, we'll oh. be— on
3: behalf of Baxter Nation, thank you.
4: Yeah. And so it just forced a situation that needed to be forced in a conversation that had to be had. And I found it interesting to have Victoria and Hannah Ann's perspective. And I thought they were great of, hey, I understand what's going on here. And this is important. And this guy needs to really suss all of us out before he makes a big decision. And so I think it was a glaring you know, spotlight on what Madison wasn't understanding about this.
3: I loved it. I loved it, and and I love your explanation because I'm like, that is what we needed. Whether you knew you needed it or not, and we got it. We got it. Mother, it was awkward for them, hard to watch. It was what was necessary to push this journey forward. I appreciated it because if we had done that, if the girls on my season, Beck, I don't know about you, but if the girls on my season had done it, me, Vanessa, and Raven... It wouldn't have been awkward. They would have I, been hysterical. Yeah, because I remember saying to Raven, we were like, "Are we gonna be Eskimo sisters?" Right. So we would have been excited if we could have come back and talk about what happened in Fantasy Suites. These girls, that's that's not them. They don't they don't have that that same bond. Right. I think that I had on my season, Becca, and that you had on your season. They don't with your ladies. They don't
4: have that bond. There's there's not. I don't see a lot of BFFs coming out of this season, and yeah. maybe that has to do with their age or their emotional intelligence. I don't know, but there's, n- I don't see a lot of that sisterhood that I've seen in seasons past.
3: And before I do want to move on because you mentioned Hannah, Anne and Victoria, who I was, were the first time this whole season impressed with mm-hmm. this episode. Well, the Victoria, there's some, moments. Yeah. <laughs> but I was impressed with the way they handled the entire week and situation. But um, you mentioned the sisterhood and I said all of that. And now I have forgotten my question. Oh, Becca and I were talking about how, the key to success on this show isn't just the relationship that you have with the lead. It's the relationships you make in the house yeah. and with the brotherhood or sisterhood because that's who you spend the majority of your time with. And you need that circle of support right. to get you through it. Is that kind of how you feel and maybe what was lacking this season? Yeah,
4: well, I'm just, I was trying to think if there was a um, probably Ben Flannick season off the top of my head was the last time a real black sheep, Mm -hmm. uh, someone who went rogue, Mm -hmm. dominated the season and actually, you know, quote unquote, won or ended up with the guy. Um, I was trying to think of someone since then, but I think that's it where the quote unquote, villain dominated and actually got what she wanted. Other than that, it really is, you need that support system and you need to be propped up and, and shown in a good light. And that's usually the case. You know, usually the person won't be attracted to someone who's not getting that respect in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and usually kind of one begets the other. But yeah, that's I can only think of one time in history where that's really happened.
3: Yeah. So people are mad at us from last week because we only talked about Victoria Fuller's hometown because well, how could I you mean, not? I'm sorry that was where the juice was because she didn't even have one <laughs> I took the cake. So um we'll make sure that we 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 heard you. We hear you when you listen okay. when you write us into us and you dm us, you comment. So we are going to cover the other fantasy sweet dates even though Madison's is where the 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 juicy part is. So Hannah Ann gets the first date and you know, it's, I don't know, Becca or Chris, whoever wants to take this. I, I was impressed with Hannah Ann. I know she's kind of had a bad rap at the beginning and she's very confident. And I think some people, to some people that comes off as smug, but the, she made it easy for Peter mm-hmm. and he needed
1: that. And I loved
3: that she gave that to him.
1: I think Hannah Ann, she, she surprised me a little bit this week. I have, I have two things that I wanted to touch on with her because number one as you said, she made it easy. And that's really what people need this week. That's why I remember leaving Garrett's fantasy suite because we just laughed and talked and had the best time. And and up until that point, it's so stressful. It's so anxiety ridden that to just have somebody who gets it and they're like, Hey, you know, I'm here for you. I understand that as tough as it is to see you go to two other fantasy suites with two other women, like you need to do what you have to do. You need to exhaust all avenues of these relationships to make the best decision for yourself at the end. And I appreciated her saying that to him and and her saying, you know, at the end of this, like, I'm still here for you. I understand. And I think that helped him. Now, my thing with Hannah Ann, and maybe I'm just being too nitpicky here, but she does not have the face or she doesn't look at Peter. Me personally, I think this like she's in love with him. Like it's not the face of a girl in love. Hannah. Am I? Is that just me? Yes. And I think she wants to, and I think she likes him and likes the idea of all this, but I don't truly think it's fully there for her. Like she's saying it is. Hmm. Interesting. And maybe, and maybe I'm just picking it apart because there's moments where Peter, like they're sitting at the dinner table and she's saying, or he's saying, you know, I love you or I'm falling in love with you. And she just kind of, it's like, there's not that giddy excitement. And maybe that was just me that that's how I feel when I feel that love. But, there was just something I'm like, I don't know if it's all adding up for me here.
3: Yeah. I mean, I can see how it kind of seems like a little bit of a puppy love relationship, but I mean, one thing, and Becca, you know this, when you get to this point in the season, you don't want to have to question anybody's commitment to you. And so I appreciate that Hannah Ann is allowing him to, or letting him know, this is where I stand. This is how I feel. I'm going to be here. I'm confident in us. And the other two girls that he has left are not giving him that. So I really think Hannah Ann stepped up in a way we haven't seen, frankly, from any of his top run- What's the word? The, four- the top runners. Yeah, I don't know why i front runners. Front run- Thank you. I was going to say four runners. I, mean, I, think, you, I think Hannah
4: Ann <laughs> became the new Madison. And like you oh, said, yeah. one thing I've noticed in the history of this show is it is the ones that will make life a little easier on you. Now, we'll get into Peter and Victoria... Because that, that's a very interesting relationship that I have a lot of theories on. Um, yes. And he's very different in that way. But for the most part, when you guys go through this, the guys and the girls, it is those that will you know let the air out of the balloon and they can just relax with you and, and make it easy. And Madison has done that for Peter this entire time. Mm-hmm. Well, now Hannah Ann is doing that. So mm-hmm. I think she is kind of the new Madison. And that's why I think she really shined this week. Is It was just easy. It was so simple. And I, I thought it was loving. I thought it was really sweet. And I thought she expressed herself finally, really did a good job of articulating her feelings yeah. and love. And so for the first time, I really believed in her.
3: I did too. Articulating. Something else has been missing this season. <laughs> Shocking. Yes. <laughs> word, word we don't use much. The word of the recaps. season. <laughs> um, Victoria F. Let's get into her because yeah. we mentioned her. Now, I there are a lot of things that have bothered me when it comes to Victoria F. But I finally got what it is. She doesn't look you in the eye oh, when she talks to you. Yes. and I think that is very telling. Even when Peter's talking, right. She looks down. Yeah. Like, how does how would that make you feel? I mean,
4: no, I, I like yeah. eye, I'm the same way. I like eye contact as well. Um, here's the thing with Victoria.
3: Explain. We want to know.
4: I, I only know this because of my own missteps in life, oh. in my own relationships, oh. but. I had two conversations with two men in the last five days who basically defined the same relationship Peter is in with Victoria. And that is, and I guarantee the two of you have had these as well. You get to a point I did after my, my divorce of a crazy chemistry relationship. It's on fire. I mean, it's you know on a level you don't even understand and it's coming at you and it's a thousand degrees. And you've never had that kind of passion before.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Well that can't be it yeah. and it's not sustainable. And the, the quote of the season might be when Peter said in everything in our relationship is great, Yes, but we don't communicate well.
0: I wrote that down. What yeah. do you mean everything's <laughs> fine?
4: though so when I saw that, I, I thought, you know what, that just completely explained everything about mm-hmm. this relationship. And I, I will admit I've had a relationship like that too. Post-divorce, it was hot. It was heavy. It was this crazy chemistry I hadn't had in a long time. And I'm like, wow. And I'm like, this is not working out. And it's so volatile. Yeah. And it's it's so wrong on so many levels. And it's, it's the relationship. Your friends are going, what are you thinking? And you break up. And then what do you do? You get back in yeah. and you do it again. Yeah. And then your first <laughs> thought is, why the yeah. hell am I back in this relationship? Now I got to break up again. But I swear to you. In the last week I've had two conversations with two other guys who were in the same situation and from the outside I'm thinking this is Peter and Victoria he can't help himself she is not only the drug he needs yeah. she's also kryptonite
3: Yeah he wants a fantasy sweeter
4: we of, said it last week but it's not as simple oh, yeah. as that He does but I think it goes beyond that it's just it's that relationship you want to fix you want to save cuz god it's so good when it's good but when it's bad it's just sewage
3: See, this is why it's great to have the male opinion. You know what I mean? <laughs> Becca, we couldn't have said it this way. We couldn't have. And I I actually now understand yeah. a lot better. I'm not saying it's okay. But well, of thank you, it's Chris. Not. But we've all I been there. I've done
4: it. I've been there, done that. I have the sweatshirt.
3: I get, <laughs> I get <laughs> I it I broke now. up with the
4: same girl three times.
3: Now, I have to ask you this, Chris, because, again, the title of this episode is, Am I Missing Something? <laughs> yes. The conversation that Victoria and Peter have that evening... She continues to say, I don't know, more times than I could count. I, I, I ran out of fingers. This is
4: when he pressed her and said, what was it about this last mm-hmm. relationship that you didn't feel good enough?
3: Mm-hmm. And she, all she kept saying was, I don't know. But then towards the end of it, as they're, you know, they're reading the card from you, they're getting the key, he's like, this is the best conversation that we've ever had. And I'm going to curse here. I was like, bitch, where? What? <laughs> <laughs> Where what? was this conversation? Did we miss something? Because
4: I... <laughs> because the, the and then the best quote was, "We haven't fought yet."
3: <laughs> that was it.
4: That's why it was so good. They they hadn't tried to kill each other.
3: Well, this is the time to have that heated passion, so you can take that into the fantasy right. suite. But
4: they that was it. They they hadn't yelled at each other. And but you know again, you see the emotion when she can't. What's the word? Articulate her feelings. When he says, what was it about this last relationship? And then she go, go back to sitting on the stoop at the hometowns when she couldn't complete a sentence there and really explain what was happening. And she never really said anything. And then she looks at him and says, you got it? You understand? And you just want him to go, no, what, what could I possibly understand? Of course I don't understand. You're not saying words.
3: He's like, it's getting late. We need to go ahead and pull this card out, get this thing moving along. But
4: it is funny. I just, I, you know, again, I love the show because it is so relatable to so many relationships we've all been in and these, these, all, all these are represented in our lives. And so we've all been there where, like you said, we've tried to change the bad boy. We've tried to fix somebody. I'm a caretaker. I always try to fix people. And so we've been there yeah. and you see this coming a mile away, but you can't save people from themselves. And I know this as the host and as the therapist and as a dad, you can't save people from themselves. All you can do is give them the best information and then he's going to do what he's going to do. And he's, he's, he's really falling for Victoria. This is real. It wasn't, Hey, I want to, you know, spend the bottle with this girl in the fantasy suite. It's real. Yeah. To him. It's real.
3: Yeah. And and nobody knows your relationship like you do. So we don't we don't get it. We can right. speculate, we give our opinions, but we're not in this thing with Peter and Victoria. I do have one more question before we cut to a break. We talked about Madison a bit. When Madison pulled um Peter to the side in that hangar mm-hmm. right after that last rose ceremony that we saw, do you think that she was expecting Peter? Because now it's down to three women. We right. saw what happened last Bachelor season when it was down to three women. Do you think she was thinking, if I give him this ultimatum, maybe he'll just rev up the engine, we'll hop in this airplane and peace out and leave these two girls standing there. And that's the end of the season. That's I, maybe, how I felt. <laughs> maybe
4: there was a certain sense of arrogance there. Yeah. that yeah. like Maybe I feel like our connection is so strong that I will just pop this balloon now and 100%.
3: And he set her straight, which again, I was proud of Peter saying there are two other women here and I can see a future with them as well.
4: Yeah. I I need time to figure this out. He did a good job. I will say this, I will give him credit for the things he's going to get beat up for. And he does. I was with Peter last night, actually, we had dinner and, and, um, we were talking about how his skin is so thick because he's just getting crushed this season, but he's such a good guy. And he has such a, great strong belief in his family and his faith and all that he knows where his worth comes from so while he's getting crushed by bachelor nation he he still knows he's doing his best and he's a good man um and he tries to make these decisions he just can't um but yeah i think maybe she thought our relationship is so strong this could be over
3: so i'll ask you this then i'll leave you with this since you did have dinner with peter yes and we see on the previews for the next week that he's questioning the decisions that he made in fantasy week does he still have those same regrets
4: Yes. Whoa.
3: And that's and and, and that's that's we're just going to put a pin in it right there. Whoa. I wasn't expecting that answer. Okay, Uh, we'll be right back with more with more from Chris Harrison. Don't go anywhere. Okay, Chris. For maybe the first time I know since I've been watching this mm-hmm. season, and I'm sure for other people, we have no idea what's to come. Even as crazy as Colton' season was, this is this is on another level. So please, I'm begging you, from all of us in Bachelor Nation, <laughs> can you tell us what's to we've got the reunion coming up? We've got right. the finale, one more week up left. Next Give us something.
4: Is the tell all? We'll bring obviously everybody back, and it's gonna that that's gonna be interesting uh, with this group. Um, Cause it's a very different dynamic in the house as well as just a very different season. And then obviously we're off to, well, we stay in Australia and that's where the finale takes place in that final week. We switched towns, but we're still there. And it's, it is unlike any season we've ever had as far as the finale and, and how it ends. And you saw the, you see a little bit in the super tease with the dramatic and, and him being upset because he gets some news that, Final couple of days, you see his mom. We're finally gonna get the answer of who his mom is talking about. Hmm. Um, the Meryl Streep moment of bring her home <laughs> bring to us. Um, this is what
3: love stories are I mean, made of. Meryl
4: Streep wishes she had those skills. Um oh, Barb. I love Barb. I do too. Absolutely love that woman. But um, you know, there is so much that's left to to unpack and to go through. I feel like the season's barely started, honestly, considering what's about to happen in the final week of the show which is wild to say
3: wait so chris harrison are you saying it's not over like even after the finale are we still going
4: i didn't say that but i will say it's never over till it's over
3: oh my gosh Um, but
4: there's just a lot more to come before we can get to a conclusion and there's a lot more that's about to happen and on so many levels
3: well we know you have your work cut out for you more than ever at women tell all this year so we do wish you the best. In yeah. That. I mean, how do you, you know, how do you, this, this has been frustrating for us to watch. How do you muster up the, I don't know, The like, I know that you're a host, you're exe- an executive producer, like pr- approaching each season. And then there's just so much, like we're frustrated watching. I'm sure you're frustrated in it. Like, how do you keep going each season other than the money?
4: <laughs> well, well, I'm not going to lie. That, that, that helps. Um, you know, I'm not on a tour bus in Salt Lake City. So
3: uh,
4: <laughs> but you know, I still first of all, I love the people I work with and and I mean the crew too, but but also you guys, you know, going through what we went through and going through what Becca and I went through and even going through now this guy, Peter, and and working through it with him, I get I get excited about it. I find it interesting, I find it fascinating on so many levels of relationships and following the show. I'm a fan of the show too, and so I also want answers. I want to pin these people down. Like, I want to know why you say the word lingerie. Um, and yeah, that's,
3: and, and finasco.
4: And, and finasco, or fi- whatever it was he was trying to say. Like, th- that stuff. The answers m- we need. Yeah, exactly. So I've always thought when you're doing an interview, it's like if the person at home is screaming at their television, I want to ask those questions. And so um, I still enjoy most of it. There are times when it will dissolve into some – barking and screaming and all that. And I'm like, okay, I, you know, I just want to drop this yeah. and walk out. But for the most part, I find it fascinating. And what, what I'm about to go through with Peter over the next two weeks was fascinating. It mm-hmm. took every ounce of our energy and power to get through this. Yeah. There were a lot of tears. I mean, there was a lot of everything, cussing, you name it, yeah. you know how it goes. Yeah, I mean, this, yeah. is, I, you know, I'll say this for Peter, as I've said it for the two of you, this is his life. And say what you will about him or Madison or Hannah Ann or, you know, Victoria, these are real people. And we're, we're you know, and I know you're privy to some of this when we get to tell all, we're actually going to deal with some of this stuff at the tell all. I'm not sure how yet, but it's gotten to a new level of people feeling like mm-hmm. you're at a sporting event. You've paid your ticket. Mm. Therefore, I can yell and scream and say whatever I want to this human being. That's not how life is. That's not how it goes. There are rules to our society that are being broken and in th- lines that are being crossed. And and we're going to deal with that. And and I hate to be cryptic, but we'll deal with that at the tell all a little bit more. Um, we've dealt with it in the past where people have really overstepped their bounds. But, you know, I feel a little protective of all of you. And, and I feel like maybe it's time I need to step in a little bit more and have a talk with the class. <laughs> <And> <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe take uh, the world to task on a couple of things. But. um, You know, he is a, he's a man who's gone through this journey. And and if you love it, hate it, whatever, this is his life. And there's some crazy steps that are to come before we get to the end of this. If we do.
3: Right. Well, we can't wait. We thank you for what you do. I mean, where's Hannah? Your work is never done. Which one?
4: Hannah. There's Hannah. There's the (laughs) producer. There's Hannah Ann. I mean, I can't even keep them straight. This guy, he's got, he's got them lined up like planes at LAX.
3: (laughs) Well, we thank you for the service that you do for Bachelor Nation. I mean, like I said, your work is never done and it seems to get harder and harder every every single year. But before we let you go, yes. we love to play a game with our guests. Okay. So, of course, in the spirit of Chris Harrison, we are going to play the most dramatic game ever. So, Chris, this is how this is going to work. Okay. We know that's one of your favorite phrases. So, today we're going to put you in the hot seat and you're going to pick which moment was actually the most dramatic. Got it. All right. So Becca, are you ready? Yes,
4: I'm
1: all set, Rach. Chris, are you ready?
4: Bring it.
3: Go go ahead, Becca. Give it (laughs) to him.
1: All right. I'm going to kick it off with the first one. So Chris, between these two, who was the most dramatic bachelor of all time? We have Juan Pablo or Brad Womack.
4: (sighs) Brad Womack season one with him when he didn't make a choice was pretty wild. Um, But overall... Juan Pablo, from start to finish, was probably the most dramatic. I, I know a lot of people feel like I don't like him or whatever. I don't dislike him. I found it fascinating. Again, what makes a guy tick? What made him do what mm-hmm. he did? I thought that season was, from start to finish, dramatic. Although Brad Womack's very last moment may have trumped him.
3: Can I just say that I ran into Juan Pablo's—I've never told anybody this. I ran into Juan Pablo's mom Shut in up. Miami— and she pulled me to the side, and she wanted to have a full conversation oh, with no. me about, like, how her son wasn't done right. And she, like, really wanted me to tell, tell me who he is and the type of person. And I just said, ma'am, I didn't even watch a season.
4: I wasn't born yet. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I felt bad because they were such lovely people. They were such lovely parents. Yeah, she was great. And I'm like, how did that, you know, again— question. How does that, that come from that? you seen that movie? Yeah, I mean, yeah exactly. <laughs> Very interesting.
3: <laughs> okay, Chris, the most dramatic limo entrance moment. Alexis Waters dressing up as a shark. <laughs> right. Never forget. Shark dolphin. <laughs> right. Thank you. Or Jenna on Peter's season bringing, a, bringing an emotional support cow.
4: I mean, those weren't dramatic as much as they were hysterical.
3: Yeah.
4: Um, I mean, I, I, Alexis goes down in history. <laughs> Not only coming in as a shark, thinking she was a dolphin, but just how that carried over into paradise and all that. So I'm going to go Alexis.
1: Uh, that's a good and choice. I, and
4: I also love and respect how she wore it. Yeah. I mean, not literally. I mean, emotionally, she wore, she really wore it well and owned the whole thing.
1: Yeah. Rachel, I have to ask if you're friends with Alexis, does she still have that costume? I
3: wouldn't be surprised.
1: I don't know. <laughs> but...
3: Yeah. I d I don't know. She's got other costumes though. Oh whoa. I not only like that, whoa. I see like she's just a fun Hello. person.
1: Alexis is just
3: fun. slide into her DMs, <laughs> fellas.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, next. The most traumatic lying moment was it when Ali Fedotowski confronted Justin Brigo about having a girlfriend, or when Rachel confronted Demario about having a girlfriend.
4: Oh man. Well, with all due respect to Rachel, hers was good because it also included Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, which is, who, when can you say, when can you say that? Right. Um, there was Demario, the girlfriend, and, but I mean, Rachel just kicked his ass and it was such, it was such a one-sided beating, but honestly, one of the craziest moments in the history of the show was Ali and Justin because we were in Turkey and because he was on one leg, he was in a a boot. <laughs> And we were in such a conservative country in a conservative hotel at, in in Turkey, in Istanbul. And he starts running through the – we had promised them up and down that we would be very cool, very calm. We're the bachelor. We yeah. could never promise such things. He's running outside, climbing through fountains, and there's a restaurant. All these people are in Istanbul going, what is happening? And this guy was running away from us. And so that moment, and we actually lost him for a little bit in the stairwell. <laughs> so that, that moment will go down in history as the most dramatic, but it, that wins, but, but Kareem Abdul-Jabbar <laughs> was at your breakup. That was pretty awesome.
3: <laughs> that wins. Definitely ruined, Demario ruined that moment for me. All right. Most dra- dramatic two on one. Most dramatic two on one date, Ashley, I and Kelsey on Chris Soul's season or Chad and Alex on JoJo's season.
4: I mean, Ashley, I takes the cake B- because also where that was, they were out in the desert. So it was just like out in the badlands, I believe we were. And he, you know, and he ends up breaking up with both, just the tears from Ashley I. You can't top that. (laughs) But we've had, I mean, I'll go back to some good ones. You know, Lieutenant Andy Baldwin, who left uh, some, I forget who it was, but he left her on the deck of an aircraft carrier. That was stunning. And then going back to Allie, leaving a guy on a glacier. Pretty good. (laughs) He's guarding and protecting (laughs) his glacier.
3: Okay, Chris, most dramatic reenactment. These are my personal faves. When a crew member jumped off a balcony to avoid being caught with Michelle Kay on Paradise Season 1, or when Peter Weber split open his head on a golf cart.
4: This isn't even close. Putz. Ryan <laughs> Putts. That was the name of the crew member <laughs> that took the fatal leap off the second-story balcony the sheer stupidity and craziness <laughs> and insanity. I'll never forget when I was pulled into breakfast, I was woken up and and Martin Hilton, who is an executive producer and president of our company, calls me and says, you're not going to believe this. Get to breakfast right now. I'm like, okay. And he tells me this story. And I was looking around as if there were cameras because I was just, someone was jerking around on me. That couldn't be real because there's so many things that could have happened before he decided to jump down <laughs> And break both of his ankles. So by far, Ryan Putts.
3: I've first of all petitioned for more of these these reenactments. They're fantastic.
4: Well, and it was my. I will take a little credit because my I, my background is journalism, and my background is a news guy. And I thought I wanted to go like '70s '80s reenactment where we got a dummy and we literally threw a dummy <laughs> off, and it was like really over the top. Dan, rather, is this as if this was the most important news report anybody was ever giving. And we really leaned into it. And that's where the whole reenactment thing even started. So we got to give nice kudos. Time. He's in the Hall of Fame, the Putts Hall of Fame.
3: There will never be another. You can't, no. you can't, you cannot top that. All right. Most dramatic, I love you moment of all time. When Ben says, I love you to both Jojo and Lauren, or when Juan Pablo says, I like you to Nikki Farrell at the roast. No, Club.
4: in all fairness, Juan Pablo says, I like you a lot. <laughs> oh, oh. He said a lot. <laughs> so that's really close to love. We
3: can't forget that. <laughs> yeah. I'll yeah. never forget Me that. gusto mucho.
4: But Ben <laughs> saying, I love you sincerely to two women. Um, and now, you know, you think there's two great women to fall in love with, but that was it for sure. Because the, the Juan Pablo thing, I just felt horrible. I felt great for Andy Dorfman and uh, Claire, who escaped in that final three. But I felt terrible for Nikki, who was like trying to have her moment. And this guy says, I like you a lot. <laughs> and then didn't understand why that wasn't enough. Um, but so I'm going to go Ben uh, just who was, you know, he's not the, he's not the only one anymore.
3: Right. But <laughs> he was mean, the first, but he
4: was the first.
3: It was a big deal.
4: And you would think people would learn not a great idea.
1: <laughs> the moment. <laughs> 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 well, Chris, I, I have to ask this one and I think our listeners would absolutely love it, but we need to know what was your most dramatic memory of being on the show
4: in 18 years, the most dramatic moment. Oh my gosh. To me, The most dramatic moment was, was it December 6th, 2003? Trista's wedding. I'll never forget being at that wedding. We weren't sure what the show was up till then. And then Trista kind of solidified and legitimized this franchise. And we decided we were going to throw a wedding. And a million people, you know, were... We're clamoring to get into this wedding. It was crazy. And we threw this wedding out in Palm Springs. We all drove out there. Wasn't sure what to expect because we hadn't thrown a wedding before. And it was just crazy. And I'll never forget, there was three helicopters hovering about a hundred feet above this hotel, trying to get paparazzi shots. You couldn't hear anything. And we had snipers out in the desert trying to keep people from hiking in. It was wild. And, And that to me, when I thought, on a lot of levels, my life has changed. This show is nuts. This show is going to go on forever. And, but it's real. At the end of the day, there was this beautiful wedding. Um, and, and this young kid, uh, you may have heard of him. Brad Paisley started his career that night. Whoa. We, we gave him the gig. We gave him the gig to sing at the reception. And I'll never forget. He came out with his little hat and, uh, and he's like, Hey, you know, Mr. Harrison, we really appreciate you giving me this big break. And so for so many reasons, that moment was this kind of, just lightning in a bottle moment that I'll never forget.
3: I had no idea that any of that ever happened, so, other than the wedding. Right. <laughs> I had no idea. And it was a lot of The logistics of behind it. A lot of pain. I remember Trista said that. Well, I- we
4: were in the middle of Meredith's season of The Bachelorette, and so we were trying to wrap up her season. We actually took a pause. We did a rose ceremony. We all got in a limo, drove out to Palm Springs, shot for two days, went back, and did Meredith's finale. And in the midst of that, personally, my then wife was 9.9 months pregnant. Oh my gosh. We were due, and she was having contractions during Meredith's finale. So I was about to have my second child doing a wedding and then this finale all in one month. So it was a wild time.
3: That's why they pay you the big bucks. (laughs) They (laughs) sure as hell didn't then, but they do now. (laughs) Chris, it's been (laughs) so great to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I
4: just want to say thanks for finally having me on. Uh, Congratulations (laughs) on the podcast. I love you both very much. Um,
1: oh, I, I
4: really do. I, I, I am, I love, I mean, I text you Rachel all the time because of your success on ESPN and all the things you're Thank doing, you. you are kicking ass in the world. And I truly love when I get to see you guys grow and do such great things. And Becca, the same, I know you and Ben are on the road doing the Lord's work and, and doing the live <laughs> show. And but I do, I love when I see that, you know, we've been through this and we have that extraordinary connection. And then when you guys go off and do great things, I take a lot of pride. Not that I have anything to do with it, but I no, take a, I take do. a lot of pride in, you in y'all's do. success. No,
3: you do. And thank you so much for saying that both to Becca and I. And I will say, because a lot of, one of the big questions that we get all the time is, how involved is Chris Harrison with you guys? Do you really get to see him? When you're a contestant, not as much, but when you are in the lead of the show, you travel together. We are with you. And there were times when we had conversations, and I know I asked you about advice post-show, and you were more than happy to give it to us and to counsel us and just kind of be that voice of reason when you don't have your family and your friends around. Right. So you have to give yourself credit. You do more than you Well, the, I like to say to yourself. all
4: of you that, look, if we need to have a conversation, like a real conversation... I got nothing in this. I'm fine either way. I'll help you. Yeah. Like, I want what's best for you guys. I really do. I want this to work out. And, and luckily for the two of you, it has, oh, which is awesome.
3: Thank you. All right. Well, we'll, well let thanks, you go because we can keep talking to you, Chris. I could keep trying to. All I
4: need is the first baby to be <laughs> named Christopher. That's it.
3: <laughs> I'm surprised that actually hasn't happened yet. <laughs>
4: yeah. Harrison, Christopher. No, Chris.
1: Chris, I actually love the name Harrison yeah. for a boy. Very presidential. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very nice. presidential. So who knows?
4: Harrison Kufrin, because she's keeping her name.
1: (laughs) Harrison Kufrin. Are you? Harrison Kufrin, you're going. (laughs) But
4: I love you both very much. Congrats on the podcast and uh, continued success.
3: Thank you. We love you too. Thanks, Chris. We love you. All right. Well, apparently we forgot to do cats and rats of the week last week and people were upset. I didn't realize how people are looking forward to this. So Becca, we got to make sure that we get it done. It is time for our cats and rats of the week. There
0: are some cats and some rats.
3: Becca, we're, we're yeah. down to slim pickings at this point,
1: so who's your cat <laughs> who's your rat? You know what? Very slim pickings. Um, as much as I did like Madison up until this point, she did kind of take a turn so she's going to be the rat of the week just confronting Peter with everything in this moment. I think it made it very tough for him. Um, obviously, we'll have to see how that plays out. And then my cat, I'm going to give it to Hannah Ann. I mean, I have my thoughts, but I think he, uh did still step it up this week and was able to articulate a little bit more with how she's feeling. So it's going to be Hannah Ann. Okay, I, I agree
3: with you completely. My rat as well goes to Madison just for the timing and delivery of this information she's been holding on to for nine weeks. And I'm going to give my cat to Peter. Yep, I'm making Peter a cat this week just because... Ooh, I, I like it. I really appreciated his honesty, his understanding of madison's beliefs and standards and acknowledging that but then also being she was being true to who she was and he was being true to who he is he said i respect that but that's not me and i appreciated even though he slightly outed the women that he said i have been intimate and he was honest and honesty is something that not everybody is strong enough to do so i appreciate that from peter
0: Discover new technology and endless comfort with Victoria's Secret's number one collection, Body by Victoria. With over 3,500 five-star reviews, see what all the hype is about when it comes to their best-selling styles. Their latest innovation features lightweight construction that provides support where you need it without an ounce of padding. I've been wearing their demi-bra literally every day this week. It is so comfortable and looks great underneath all different styles of clothing. It's available in cups A through G and bands 30 to 44. That that's 43 sizes and 22 different styles. Shop now at your nearest Victoria's Secret store and online at victoriasecret.com.
4: Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury.